Welcome to That Was Wild, a Minnesota Wild reaction podcast with uh, the folks from Aki Wilderness at SB Nation. Uh, I am Matthew Smith, or at From Tape to Tape from on Twitter, and I'm also here with... I'm Brock Daler, also um, at Brock Daler on Twitter. Also from Hockey Wilderness. Also from Hockey Wilderness, <laughs> yes. Well, that was a much, much, much better game. What a yeah, I, I agree. Game. I mean, oh, I think God, definitely it got off to a good start <laughs> early time. in the first. I think the first couple shifts. I guess were, I, should, I guess we really shouldn't talk about pretty it. Pretty impressive, and then it kind of, <laughs> until it, until we're actually first definitely recording. got a little rough okay. after that, but uh, okay. obviously made up for it as the game went on. Yeah, a six to two um, win start on after being five, shut out in the four, previous game three, uh, definitely two, feels like a good one. bounce back. Um, especially when all of the best players on the Wilds seem to sort of lead the team. Obviously, Kaprizov got his hat trick. You know, Jewel Eriksson-Eck also had his hat trick <laughs> that got called <laughs> back, which seemed ter- like that shouldn't be allowed at all. I don't think. Yeah, I've, I've never seen I've never seen the a hat trick followed by another hat trick so quickly after, but. Obviously, the first one didn't count, and it, I did feel a little bad for Kaprizov. I, I don't think he got the the quantity of hats he was looking for. It definitely was a little a little underwhelming the second time around, but um, I'm sure there were there are many more thrown in spirit. Yeah, so Kirill got his three goals, um, as well as Hartman and Zuccarello also got their first points of the series. Um, and actually, the Kaprizov um, hat trick was the first hat trick in Minnesota Wild history, which is seems a little crazy. Um, and I, I, I was, I just looked it up, and um, Wes Walls was had a couple goals. There's, there's a few guys who got close throughout history, and Wes Walls got two goals in 2003 versus Vancouver. Um, and actually, Jared Spurgeon has come close to a hat trick twice, which is pretty crazy. Um, back in 2016 versus Dallas and in 2020 versus Vancouver. So yeah, it was it was definitely uh, a, a game to a game to remember on the scoring front. I think after game one, I think a lot of Wild fans were were definitely worried about. Um, it, it did seem like the the same old Wild showing up and just completely a game where you completely pepper Huso and um, it doesn't it didn't they didn't get anything by him at the end of the day and obviously there was that that was cause for a lot of concern but uh definitely reassuring to see the the stars really step up tonight um and and get that that quantity of quantity of goals that they got is definitely impressive yeah erickson eck and the entire grief line really um were a pain in the butt for the blues um and that was very very nice to see yeah they i mean they were they were awesome i mean erickson eck Especially, I, I really noticed tonight. I think Feligno had a really good game too, but I, I, they're just they're just such a matchup nightmare for really anyone. I don't think even even in game one, I thought I didn't think it was their best game, but they still um, they still were. I think the Wild's best line in that game. Um, I think they're just so hard to match up with because if you try to throw a checking line on them, they're going to outskill them. If you try to throw a skill line on, they're going to outcheck them. So it's really just kind of a a nightmare either way and it really it really showed tonight i don't think st louis had an answer for him and the the statute definitely reflects that yeah i don't know if it's very often that a guy 
like Erickson Eck is going to get three points and six penalty minutes in the game. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of wild that uh, no pun intended that the Wild's best line is also their best like checking line. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it definitely. I mean, I mean, obviously, it was still they were still a great line last year, but I think it does kind of play into the 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 especially strange style of hockey that it seemed that they uh, that they played this year, where everything was just like like what you said, no no pun intended, but a little bit wild. So um, definitely a unique approach, but um, at least they're they're fun to watch. Yeah. So at once the Wild had sort of set out uh, with the four nothing lead. Uh, right at the beginning of the second there, I noticed that they sort of went into a, a defensive shell. I'm sure you noticed as well. It was pretty, pretty defensive. <laughs> um, like I, the entire, I mean, penalty kill included the collapsing in front of the net and getting Flurry to only have to only have to worry about outside shots was probably the strategy going into the game, but like John Merrill had six block shots, which is kind of ludicrous. Wow. Jacob Middleton had three and Alex Golagoski also had three. Were you comfortable? Were you comfortable with them playing like that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I mean, it's obviously when you get a lead like that, you're, you're going to want to cut back on the chances you're taking, but at the same time, I mean, you look at, you look at the progression of the score. Once that strategy kind of got enacted, obviously they gave up a couple, um, but at the same time, I mean, I think one area where I really noticed the collapsing, and this is a little bit different than what you mentioned, but I thought the penalty kill was way more condensed tonight. Um, that was the biggest area where I think they did need to collapse. And I think they did do that obviously a lot better tonight than they were in game one. So, um, I think ideally, I mean, you get a lead like that and you do cut back on some of your aggression, but at the same time, you, you do need to have a little bit of a little bit of forecheck going on or you're going to get trapped in your zone and St. Louis got a couple because they they did have that kind of sustained pressure so I think in the future hope to find a little more of a balance but um obviously you got the win so not a ton to complain about yeah and Erickson Eck at the end of the second I think also spoke on this saying that like while they were happy to go into the third with that 4-1 lead they knew that they kind of let the game get away from them during the second yeah yeah definitely and i mean they if i remember correctly it went to four two after that and then there was the 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 delay of game kind of controversy right after that so i mean it could have been who knows it could have been four three so um definitely a little bit a little bit fortunate there but um yeah that's that's you got the win that's all that matters we're just gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk some things Welcome back to That Was Wild, a Minnesota Wild Reaction Podcast from Hockey Wilderness at SB Nation. I'm here with Brock Taylor and I'm Matt Smith, and we're talking the Game 2 win over the St. Louis Blues. So the Wild were able to limit the high-danger chances as much as you possibly could, I suppose. Um, If you're going into that defensive shell, you're going to see, like, the Wild were out um outshot and outshot attempted um by a fair margin the um shot attempts were 46 to 26 in favor of the blues um but they did a pretty good job of limiting 
limiting the high danger chances for the Blues. But in the end, it was 5-2 to two with high danger chances. Now, this might sort of speak to... It, it, it's tough to call it a redemption story. It was one game. <laughs> um, but were you confident or like, did you agree with the decision to go with Flurry again? Um, you know, I, I was, I was really surprised when I saw it, I think. Um, and at the same, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, So I, I honestly don't, I don't know if I can speak to my exact reaction. I do. I, I think I, I was definitely surprised. I thought, I thought it was definitely going to be Talbot, but obviously Garen brought in Flurry to, to play in, in the playoffs. And I, I don't think they, the coaching staff thought that game one was entirely his fault. I mean, I know a lot of fans were pretty critical of the rebounds and there was definitely a couple that got put right on a stick of a, of a blues player. Um, but at the same time, like there's an open blues player. So um, I think they were, they were giving him another chance and obviously he, uh, he, he took it and ran with it. I thought he had a great night. Um, definitely, definitely curious to hear what you thought though. Yeah. I mean, I, we spoke on this in the podcast for the last game. I was surprised to see Flurry start last game. I really thought that they were going to go with Talbot simply because of how well Tablet had played since the trade deadline. Like, they acquired Flurry because both Kakadin and Talbot were playing terribly. Yeah. And then the moment they traded for Flurry, Talbot bounced back to the point where I think he only lost one game in after the trade deadline yeah i believe that I think, was yeah. that's what it is I think so. so i was surprised to see flurry in it for the first game and then at this point i think that you just need to ride with the guy that you chose unless something goes terribly wrong and as much as flurry by the numbers it didn't look fantastic in game one like you said a lot of it was rebounds and i'm of the camp that if the way that the wild play is that if there are loose rebounds like that is the defenseman's job to clear them out, especially on the PK. Like they're going to be, the blues are going to be trying to get flurry or whoever's in net to move side to side as much as possible. There's going to be some situations where if there's a rebound, they're going to be way out of position. So I, I didn't really find a lot of fault in flurry's performance in game one. So I thought going with him in game two made sense, especially, I mean, the, the like criticism of Flurry has kind of worn off in the last few years about how much of a head case he is. Um, and he's clearly a different goalie than he was when he was with Pittsburgh, but I wouldn't really want to mess with how like Flurry's confidence or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely, uh, definitely goalies are goalies. I think, um at the same time i think there there was definitely i i I just wonder what cam is thinking especially after game one i mean now it's it's a different story because they won but i i do like what you said i mean cam was playing so well coming into it and probably was a bit of a surprise to him to not get that game one start um if i'm not mistaken was was the only loss that he had after the or after the trade deadline was that in st louis I think it might have been um but either way I, I i do think that that might have had something to do with it um but obviously it was surprising to see um to see flurry in the net tonight for me definitely but hindsight's 2020 um it seems like it was the right call now yeah and the story of goaltenders tonight probably lies more with v 
Vili Huso, um, looking human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looking very human. Um, because I, I, there was lots of criticisms to be laid at the Wild's feet in the last game, but I, I kind of feel like last game was stolen away from them by the goaltending performance in front of them. Not, and there was really nothing. They got a lot of shots on net. They, there was, they got lots of chances. I can't remember what the number of posts that they hit, but it was, it was pretty high. <laughs> it, it seemed, it seemed like Huso was really the reason that they lost the last game. So, um, I, yeah, that, that was kind of the story of goaltending was just not, I mean, how bad the performance was from Huso. I, I, he really didn't face that many shots um to let in as many goals as he did so like they uh yeah 28 shots yeah that's <laughs> and i think i i remember i mean there was one play in the first game also on the power play where they had this massive scrum and it seemed like the puck could have gone in five different times and that was i mean that's one of those moments where as a wild fan if you've been watching the team long enough you you know immediately at that moment that you're losing the game you're like there's nothing else that that can happen. the The game's over with pucks not going in. But tonight, that same play happened, and it was I think it was the third. It was a Kaprizov's goal that they initially gave it to Fiala. But I mean, it was that exact same play, massive goal, mouse scrum, and they found a way to get it by him. And I think when that happens, you realize that he's he's human goaltender. He's not a robot like what he looked like the last game. He's beatable. I think that was a big um, point where I think they realized that. Okay, we've been really bad against this team lately, but we can we can do it. We can we can get them this time. So maybe that confidence will continue through um, the next few games here. Yeah, and going back to um, what you're asking about Cam Talbot, um, Talbot actually didn't lose a game in regulation going back to the beginning of March, but he lost three games in OT, and the most recent one was St. Louis. Okay, but still, yeah. It is, it is, I feel like they probably had a conversation with Talbot that was something like, unless Flurry gets, has a really bad night, you're not going to see. Yeah, and I I think he definitely, I mean, you know, they, they trade for Flurry at the deadline, obviously Kakinen leaves, but at the same time, I think the writing's kind of on the wall there that you're, um, that, that. I mean, they wouldn't have brought in Flurry if if they were super confident with what was going on here. But obviously, I'm sure Cam thought his performance after the trade deadline would have would have changed that somewhat. But um, I mean, we'll see we'll see where the rest of the playoffs go. But um, I wouldn't be surprised to to see him eventually. I think the tandem's too good not to take advantage of both of them. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of gets glossed over, but this is the the reigning Vesna winner. So yeah, exactly. It, it feels kind of crazy. Maybe his performance in Chicago was just so bad, but uh, yeah, it it to be able. I mean, pick your poison. He's a multiple Stanley Cup winner and the reigning Vesna winner. Of course, he's starting. Yeah, I think third most <laughs> playoff games of all time too. If, if there aren't enough resume boosting stats in that already. Yeah, and Flurry played great. Like it, it felt like especially late in the game flurry bailed them out at least a few times on the pk yeah and i think when they play the more i I think a huge difference was the more collapsed style they were playing on the penalty kill they weren't getting sucked up super high and with flurry's like super aggressive style i think it they they were running into huge trouble on the penalty kill just with 
when there's nobody back down low to to take a guy on a rebound or or to just get in the way of stuff going on down low that really is difficult with flurry style of goaltending i think leaving him to point shots is a lot better um is just way better for the way he plays i think they they did a good job of letting him have those and then taking care of anything else that came from outside of that yeah penalties weren't so much a problem this game even though they took you know they took five penalties compared to the six in the last game maybe it was just the timing of it tonight that made it seem like it wasn't so much of a problem but i mean at the end of the day like the the first blues goal was on the power play um and it did breathe life back into the blues yeah like do you think this is going to be like a continuing trend i mean i think tonight was I, I think it was night and day. I mean, watching the watching the kill in game one, every second they were on the kill, it was it was, you know, your heart was pounding and you were like the puck's about to go in the net, and and most of the time it did or it went in right after the penalty ended or something. Like it was it was clear it was a visible mess. It was it was not working whatever they were doing. I think the adjustments that they made definitely helped. I think they looked a lot more composed. Um, I don't know what the face-off numbers looked like on the penalty kill, but they seemed to be better. It seemed like they were able to get that that first clear that, that really destabilizes a power play a little bit more tonight on at least a couple of them. Um, but I, I do think, it, obviously, St. Louis is going to make adjustments um, to the power play now that Minnesota's adjusted the kill. So I think it's something that's that's dynamic, that's going to continue throughout the series. And obviously the Wild special teams haven't been their forte. They were great tonight. But um, they they haven't been their strong suit throughout the year, and it, it definitely will be interesting to see if they can keep that biggest weakness of theirs from um, costing them the series, as it seemed it might in Game 1, definitely. Speaking of adjustments, it didn't really feel like the Wild made many adjustments to their power play, but they still made it work. It's kind of alarming that the Wilds have always, for the last two years, had difficulties getting the power play to work especially with the amount of offensive talent that they can put on if they were to like load one unit to be able to have Fiala and Zuccarello and Kaprizov and Erickson Eck and Spurgeon all on one unit is pretty a nice position to be in. But I mean, to me, it didn't look like they made any adjustments to make it work tonight and they went two for three. Did anything stand out to you that they were doing differently or, or did it really just sort of keep doing what you're doing until it works kind of thing? I thought the, I mean, they, I don't think they changed anything huge structurally. I think the biggest change I noticed was one, just being able to complete the first pass. I mean, St. Louis kind of, I, I don't know if they were being more aggressive at the points today, but it seemed like they were, they were, they were attacking up top a little more, um, which I think that Minnesota did a good job of making that first pass and um, getting it to the middle, I think was something they did a lot better. The, the second after the first pass was made, St. Louis was kind of anticipating that and going to that guy. Um, and the, the guy on the wall was doing a good job of getting it to the middle a couple of times. They, they got good chances out of that. And I feel like none of that really happened in game one. So that was really the only big thing I saw in that. But obviously when you have, a goal mouth scrum and everyone's poking at it. Like those are the times when you have an extra guy that you, you just need to find a way to get the puck in the net. There's just, there's no way around it. Um, and that was something that obviously they did tonight and they, they, 
they capitalize on the chances they got. Huso didn't make every save like he did the last time. So um, definitely important changes where it mattered. Yeah, on the on the penalty kill for the Wild, like I I just want to like take a second to appreciate how good Tyson Jost has been, um, or was tonight. He seemed like he really wasn't getting, like he he sort of seems like the the guy that you can squeeze a little bit more out of, <laughs> playing lower on the lineup. But uh, in the first game, uh, he had almost two minutes of shorthanded time. Tonight he had two minutes and five seconds. He seemed to be, a, like, pretty crucial for the penalty kill tonight because it it really really lacks behind. But you could really tell the difference when he was when he was on the ice. It it was really nice to see somebody like that step up. Yeah, and I, sort of contribute the way he does. Yeah, I think he he definitely brought a lot of. I, I I really noticed him towards the end of the game, especially. I think he he brought a lot of good, a lot of good energy. Um, and he was great on the penalty kill too, like what you were saying. Um, definitely kind of, obviously his contribution isn't like on the stat sheet tonight, but definitely the kind of guy that you need. And, and really you need that whole fourth line going to, to be able to win in the playoffs. Um, if that fourth line can start winning the matchups they get, um, which, which they did tonight, they, I think they all had, they all had pretty decent games. Um, Joe's especially, it, that definitely changes a lot of what Minnesota is able to do matchup wise and um, going to St. Louis for the next two games, you're, you're at the mercy of their matchups. So being uh, able to have those guys out there and not, not be worried is definitely a big confidence boost to the team too. Yeah. And without as many taking or without as many power plays for the wild, they were able to lean a little bit more on Erickson Eck and Felino on the penalty kill. Um, Like both of them got, Felino was actually closer to four minutes on the penalty kill, and Erickson Eck was around three minutes. Um, so without that, it was so much like four-on-four four and five-on-four hockey in the first game that it, it really kind of eliminated the advantage that the Wild have at five-on-five. Five. Yeah. They're, this is really a team built for five-on-five. Five. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was nice to see, yeah, like Joe's to be able to sort of capitalize on those opportunities he really really played like someone who deserved a goal yeah <laughs> at the I, end of the yeah, night <laughs> he, he definitely did he definitely did he was i i was i was definitely watching those last few shifts of his a lot close uh, a lot closer than you're normally watching the fourth line shifts um but that hit on who's or on um Mikolai, i think it was that was a really that was a great hit um i was yeah. shocked when i saw that i mean the size difference you're like oh no he's gonna get squished and then he he somehow won that, so I guess kept his great night going. But yeah, overall, overall, an awesome night for him. Definitely, N- not a lot of opportunity for upward mobility in the lineup, barring injuries, which obviously hope doesn't happen. But um, I think he could he could make a lot out of um, a lot out of his role down there, and hopefully uh, Dean will reward him with more ice time if they can keep contributing. I mean, maybe some power play time. Who knows? He hasn't played a, a second of power play minutes uh, or in uh, the first two games. So yeah, he definitely has so, a yeah. skill for it. I, I think the, I mean, the second unit scored tonight. So I don't know if I don't know if they're going to be looking to change it. But I mean, if the power play goes over six again, <laughs> definitely <laughs> should be willing to to try anyone. It might even want to 
yeah, you might want to put Talbot out there and put him on the second unit if if they're if they go and <laughs> six again. You never know what what you need to do. But well, the series is now tied one one, and the goals are tied six six. So it's it really is anybody's game at this point. Uh, but they just need to go to St. Louis and steal a game uh, in St. Louis against a team that is. 26 10 and 5 at home so <laughs> it's it's gonna be it'll be interesting it was really nice to see the wild look like the wild tonight though yeah they they definitely looked they looked like their regular season selves especially the regular season selves of the end of the year um i think moving forward they i would be a little more aggressive if they're able to get a lead like that um definitely a little bit funny that the goals are even and neither game has been particularly close, but maybe they'll, maybe they'll kind of they'll cl- tighten up the gap and, and keep that, um, that margin a little closer in the, in the future games. But um, as long as the wild are winning, I guess we can't complain. Well, uh, we'll probably, we'll wrap it up there then. Uh, I've been uh, Matthew Smith with, from hockey wilderness and Brock, Brock Daly from hockey wilderness as well and uh we will talk to you guys after game three